0: The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast
1: Collective. All this has happened before.
0: Hey kids, Townsend Coleman here, the voice of Michelangelo from the original
1: Teenage Mutant
2: Ninja
0: Turtles Tom
2: Kane this
1: is, the voice
0: of Yoda on Star Wars Hey
2: yo, it's Woke Pat and a big yee to you all, I used to be Luke too
1: Hi, my name is Oli Shoshan, I play Jedi Master Shakti
0: Hi, Butch Patrick here, Eddie Munster Hi, this is Jim Hi, this is Bill Farmer, you're listening to the Neverland Podcast Welcome to Neverland, to Disney and beyond And it will all happen again and now your head lost boy, the Spider Pan. Walk on the eyes, it is pen. Jeremy. Welcome, Hey there, friends. Take your pixie out of your pocket. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think that happiest thought, and let's fly away to Neverland. Yeah, as the introduction told you, I am Jeremy, I am your head lost boy, I am the Spider-Pan. And at the time of the recording you're about to hear, I had not completed the game which we are about to speak of, I mean, when we were talking about a gaming event. This is, of course, we're, we're not necessarily being non-Disney with this episode, there is a Disney connection we're going to get into, but Final Fantasy VII The Remake came out on April the 10th, I've had an opportunity to play it, and as of the time that I'm recording right now i have finished i won't say completed because there's a completely different thing in playstation lingo of completing a game and that would be to have the platinum trophy which i might be able to get i'm gonna give it a shot where i am at though right now and i want to let you know i am going to play through the game again i've put it on easy mode because i I did it on a, a regular mode before and uh Apparently there is no achievement for specifically doing it on normal, but on doing it on easy, I can speed through the story and just level up my characters and my materia and stuff like that get an achievement for getting everybody to level 50, because there's a, an experience bonus for for having completed the game. And then after this run-through, I'm going to try to do it on a harder difficult... the hardest difficulty, hard. Uh, which will be interesting, because I'm not allowed to use any items, and I don't know how I'm supposed to refill my magic meter, because I can't use items, and they say the benches and rest areas won't refill my magic. That's a whole other issue. But, here's what I want to get to. If you visit the YouTube channel for Neverland, to Disney and Beyond, or even the Spider-Pan, I am posting some videos... Of just for over in the Neverland channel, there's some. If you just want to see some of the story elements, uh, I will have that over there. I have some gameplay footage that I'm going to be posting up on the the Spider Pan channel. Uh, also, I am live streaming. I don't really have a schedule for this, but I'm live streaming my playthrough on Easy right now on the Neverland channel. Uh, which I'm kind of just whenever I play, I'm just live streaming. If I schedule, I'd probably get more of you to be able to view. But you know, if you would like to see me play it through on Easy. ...because it's kind of a quicker speed through. Uh, I'm doing that in uh, you know about an hour or two hours at a time, however long I, I have to just sit and play. Uh, so that'll be on the Neverland channel as well. So if you want to go and check those out, that'd be great. Don't forget to support me on Patreon. That helps me uh, you know, continue to do what I do here, making the podcast, making the videos. It does cost me, and uh, I appreciate your help. Especially now, as uh, I many of you probably remember that I've mentioned I've been working from home since mid-March... Well, uh, I got handed the news this week. I'm now furloughed, so I've had to file for unemployment. I am joining so many of you out there in you know not currently working, which does give me more time to sit and play games. So when I got furloughed, I just took advantage of the time and I started playing the heck out of this game because I suddenly found myself with a lot more time and also making some videos, which I'm, I've got a backlog of gaming videos. Because you know one of the things I wanted to have as part of this podcast is video games. Uh, nostalgia and even some modern stuff, and this game is a little bit of both. When this game came out 23 years ago, it was an event, and anyone who was playing games or had a PlayStation back at the time, even if you didn't have a PlayStation, you were aware of Final Fantasy VII when it came out. It was a big deal. Uh, And the remake has also been a pretty big deal. And so we're going to talk about that today. Oh, and I do have a guest, and... Well, since I've said everything I need to say, let me turn it over to a previously recorded conversation I have with our guest, which hopefully most of you will remember, and if you don't remember him, you're going to get to know him. But here we go. Okay, so it's been a while since we've talked to you, but uh, you basically, you run uh, Divine Image Works. Of course, you're sergeant in the New Jersey Police Department, so you're uh, you're out having to deal with uh, some of this COVID stuff, I bet, in a little bit.
2: Yeah, a little bit. It's uh, definitely some strange times we're living in right now. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, as it says in uh, uh, one of the Discworld books, uh, may, you, may you be cursed by living in interesting times. Uh, so, but yeah, Tim oh, Divine, you who, uh, you know, you, of course, uh, are known mainly, I think, for a lot of your Disney photography, uh, which you had a separate website other than Divine Image Works, didn't you, for the Disney photography?
2: Yeah, my Disney photography website's called The Magic and Pixels. It's yeah. still up, but admittedly, it's starting to grow some cobwebs on it. because oh. uh, yeah, There's this funny thing about having kids. Your, your, your time that you have, like, just goes goodbye (laughs) so uh between the law enforcement world my family and fatherly commitments you know paying attention to my wife to you know happy wife happy life yeah and my professional photography business now divine image works there's just there's really not a whole lot of time to be you know sharing Jungle Cruise pictures and stuff like that. Not that I don't still love the place and I still have my joy when I'm there and I still take my camera and act like business as usual when I'm on vacation. Unfortunately, (laughs) right now, I just haven't had a lot of time to edit the pictures and post them and share them and and really get involved in some of the Facebook groups that have come along and and things like that. So I'm a little negligent on that respect, (laughs) but I I, I think I have a good enough alibi. Sure,
0: yeah. Yeah, I understand how that works, except for I don't have any kids to get in my way. But I still don't hardly get anything done. Although I have a lot more furlough time now that I'm furloughed from work. So, so if anybody goes to the YouTube channel from either Neverland to Disney and Beyond or the YouTube channel The Spider Pan, I'm posting a lot, a lot of new video up there. And I have nothing better to do besides play video games and post videos of me playing video games. Which,
2: nice. <laughs> I, I, I can't say I don't envy you. I mean, I'm,
0: you know, you know, you and I know,
2: but maybe the audience doesn't so much. But I'm, I'm pretty prolific playstation fan myself i've been playing video video games my whole life um i've had a little bit of extra time off of work right now because we're running a little bit of a reduced manpower for obvious reasons due to Mm. the covid um so before i got really busy with my with my imageworks business this week um i was putting quite a bit of time into my playstation and then my wife decided well you're gonna be home She's a school teacher working from home. She thinking, well, maybe it'd be a good idea if we clean out the garage and the shed. And oh. Let's get, let's, uh, let's get on the basement and you know all that honeydew list yeah. stuff that I've been kind of conveniently forgetting to do.
0: Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've had a little, of, I've had a lot more kind of time of to actually. Partner now. I'm unpacking into the the house now, <laughs> finally. So my office is actually starting to look like it did back in the old apartment. I've got a lot of my knickknacks out now. So yeah, I've had some time, but. Yeah, some time definitely playing some games, which is kind of our our focal point here. And I found a good Disney connection, but uh, there are there are definitely, if we look at an overall series of games, uh, there's definitely some series that are always the most iconic. I mean, what is one of your favorite series of games?
2: Assassin's Creed.
0: Assassin's Creed. Love I, it. I played the first one and I got frustrated and I I finished it, but I was like, I'm never playing these again. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, Assassin's Creed is, uh, it took me, I was very, very late to the party when I jumped in on that one, um, but man, do I feel like I missed out on something. Now, obviously, being a PlayStation guy, you know, there's no Halo in my life, so we gotta, <laughs> you got to go Nathan Drake.
0: Yes, the Uncharted series. Love those and as they're well. All,
2: and they're all free on PlayStation Plus this
0: month, by the way. Oh, well, Every one of them. I'm on the PlayStation now, so I get like a streaming service, so I get to play a lot of things. But every once in a while, you know, you have either a series or an event that happens that you're like, "Okay, forget about it." I'm normally normally a game comes out, I'll give it 3 or 4 years when the price drops down, I can get it for under 20 bucks. Then that's when I buy it. But there are occasional games I buy outright, and there are certain games I know throughout the history of my life of being able to have my own income that it was an event when that game came out that I had to reserve it. One of them, of course, being the old Maximum Carnage on the Super, Super Nintendo. Oh, man, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Spider-Man junkie. I had to get it. I I had collected the entire comic series. So I remember I was... And when it would get delayed, I'd be freaked out. But, like, one of the events that I was... I, I didn't even know anything about it because there would, it was a sequel. But Metal Gear Solid, I remember when that first came out on the PlayStation, that was like an event. There was so much anticipation in every Gaming Magazine that I was like, I don't understand what this game is. But I'm buying it the day it comes out. You want a true confession?
2: Mm. That's the only Metal Gear I've ever played and beaten.
0: Me too. No, I did play the second (laughs) one. I played the second one, but I was kind of irritated with it because you end up playing as as, uh, that Raiden guy. And then I started to play the third one, and I was like, you know, I just don't feel it anymore. I kind of lost interest. I should probably come back to it because I hear the, the fourth one was good, and the fifth one apparently is pretty phenomenal.
2: Well, we, have, we got them for free on the PlayStation Plus. It was one of the free games a few years ago. So I really have no excuse to not right. play it other than just
0: haven't played it. Just haven't done it. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely those events. And I remember back in 1997. Now, I had played a Final Fantasy game before. Uh, so my best friend's sister's boyfriend was big into Final Fantasy games. <laughs> yeah, I know. You have to count it out. But he loaned me uh, *Secret of Mana* and uh, I think *Final Fantasy II*, and I didn't finish either of them. But I, I, *Final Fantasy II*, I don't remember what number that would have been in Japan, but it was, well, it was at least the first one that was on the Super Nintendo, and we called it two, I believe. And the only thing I remember it was Cecil the Death Knight. That at the beginning of it, you're you're going and you're under orders from like this Emperor King guy to go into this temple and grab these crystals. Now, after he does that, he realizes, I'm working for the bad guy. This guy's nuts. And so he defects, and he's trying to go and redeem himself because he didn't realize all the horrible things he had done in his life as a Death Knight. And it was a pretty good story, but that's all I remember except for there were airships, and I said, well, this is really neat. So then when they start talking Final Fantasy VII and all the gaming magazines, and there was going to be this, once again, it's a gaming event. It's not just a release. it's, It's like a Harry Potter book is coming out the only way I can describe this. There are some series of games, almost like every Legend of Zelda game. I love those. I haven't played every single Legend of Zelda game, but I love those, but when a Metal Gear Solid game count, when a Super Mario game comes out, when a Legend of Zelda game comes out, or when a new Final Fantasy, especially Final Fantasy 7, there was so much anticipation, because the stuff they were showing us, there was full, full motion video graphics that were going to move right into pre-rendered backgrounds in a very cinematic fashion. We'd never seen anything like that before. And so when it dropped in 1997, I, that was one of the ones I was like, okay, I don't know, I've only played a little bit of Final Fantasy, but I have to buy this.
2: What I remember I was sitting in the computer lab in college uh, between a couple of my classes, and I was just looking up video game websites because I was practically bored out of my mind. I didn't have any <laughs> real real work to do, have to do. And final fantasy 7 came across it was probably on one of the old ign websites mm. as far back as this is going to go and i mean ign's still going strong obviously but this is back when it was in its infancy and i remember the i remember seeing the cutscene of approaching the i guess i guess the casino area mm. and or the wall market or whatever wall it's called market, yeah wall market and i was like Holy smoker rollies. I don't know what this is, but I've never seen this before, and this is freaking cool. Yeah. So I, I went to my next class, finished it, and then went right to the local. And it might it was probably still EB games or something <laughs> oh, like
0: that. Now, wow. You
2: know what? It might yeah. even have been, might even have still been Electronic Boutique.
0: Wow. And yeah.
2: I, sn- I snatched up a copy in, what was it three or four? It was three or four discs.
0: Four discs. Um,
2: it was a big fat big fat double jewel case mm. and went home and fired that puppy up and quite and, and quite frankly i had i ne- had never really had any interest in turn based games yeah. i'm not into the, i'm not into strategy games there's no command and conquer in my life or any of those other mm. kind of games and i was hooked man i was like this is cool um so, you know you have the very rudimentary polygon characters on <laughs> yeah dgi looking backgrounds and none it it, none of it really should have made any sense, Mm -hmm. but it was just like you said it. This was this was an event. This was a happening. This was you know, Square Enix had shown what the PlayStation, the old PlayStation, could pull off. Mm -hmm. You know, with a little bit of uh, trickery and some and some talented programming, and I was hooked, man. And so it's after Final Fantasy VII. Which I didn't finish, I'll admit it. I, I didn't finish.
0: either. <laughs>
2: I you have know, reasons. Yeah, you, know, you know, 55 hours into it, and I'm still not done. <laughs> like, all right, cool, I think I get it now. Um, you know, we're, we're good. We're good. Uh, but then, you know, they came out with Parasite like Eve. Remember, mm. remember Paris Lady Eve? Yeah, I, I remember
0: buying that one. I uh, I don't think I got very far in it.
2: Oh, I finished that. I beat that one so many times. Like, could probably play it now and finish it again. Mm-hmm. Now, that one that was pretty awesome. But they that was more of an action cinematic role playing game as opposed to a traditional JRPG. Really?
0: Yeah.
2: um but then i started getting into some of the rpg i never i never really got into a whole lot of like the really fantastical ones um you know i, I bought the witcher 3 finally last oh. week um I that'll suck yet, up your life <laughs> i bought it cuz i think it was i think it was like 11 dollars or something <laughs> on the network so. yeah i like all
1: right
2: i, I want to see what the hype's all about um because and, and like, like I said like we said when we opened the show I'm, I'm into more action type games yeah. as opposed to like the grinding and the leveling and all that kind of stuff so you know I'm an uncharted guy I'm an Assassin's Creed I'm a Tomb Raider mm. um you know I don't play I used to play sports games religiously I actually played all, all 162 games on World Series Baseball on the Sega Jets I played Woo. the whole scene um go Phillies <laughs>
0: go Royals um, <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> um, we were good hey, just a few years ago. You, you were, and then what, what happened? Yes, it's, it's it's what happens around here. We have a good team, and all of a sudden, everybody buys our players away from us. Now listen, you,
2: you, you. Listen, you're still basking in reflected glory right now. So just, you know, just yeah. get it, get, get it over with. I'm an Eagles fan. Come on, Chiefs. Come on.
0: How about those
1: Chiefs?
2: That's yeah, we well, <coughs> the time's yours.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: that was not bad, right? <laughs> um... So, so I, so but now that I'm older and uh, you know, I, I don't really have the attention span to just sit there and play, you know, ball game after ball game after ball game. Even <laughs> right. though I buy, I buy, I buy them every year. My kids play them like crazy right now. You know, I've been playing the more story based, the more character driven type yeah. games. So, you know, like I said, Assassin's Creed, Tomb Raider. Um, I mean, a Tomb Raider basically now that it's been rebooted is Uncharted with a woman for the most part. <laughs> Um, but with a little bit more exploration involved, so it's not it's not a, f- a completely fair comparison. But you know Nathan Drake and Lara Croft, if if if, if Sony uh, if Sony really had some creative irons in the fire, they'd find a way to do a mashup of those two. I mean, how cool <laughs> how cool would that be?
0: Well, um, I've seen a death battle video. I think that Screw Attack perhaps had made and and Lara Croft won because she gets to have ridiculous things happen to her in games that she can fall of stuff that is supposed to kill her. And see that's why I see the original Tomb Raiders, I the controls to me were kind of rough, and I never quite got through any of it. I played the first two. And then when they rebooted it, the design, I looked at her and I was like, This for some reason Lara Croft doesn't look tough anymore. And I can't believe that she does the stuff. And I see footage where she falls and she gets impaled on the thing, she falls off this other stuff. I'm like, she looks like she would break. <laughs> and even when they made that movie, I looked at the actress. And I'm like this scrawny little thing, at least Angelina Jolie, somehow or another looked tough as Laura Croft. You could, I could believe she was going to kick some butt, but, but that Vikander girl, and even the way she looks in the new games, I just, I look at her and says, you don't look like Laura Croft that I'm familiar with. That looked tough, that she was going to do uh, she's this. Pretty,
2: she's pretty hardcore. Once you start getting, into once him. you start she playing, starts, she starts off the first Tomb Raider you're pretty vulnerable and very timid and, you know, not really sure. And then, you know, once once she whacks her first dude and gets over the shock of whacking a dude, then it's just like all bets are off, man. <laughs> like let's just, you know, let's go, let's go thin out the herd a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um, Eventually, so, I should play the reboots because they, I mean, get getting it a good so boost. Because part of the problem that drove me crazy with the original Tomb Raider games is falling off of something into water and dang it, not I got to start this five minute climb again because yeah. I missed one jump. It was so yeah, unforgiving. These new
2: ones play very much like Uncharted.
0: And um, I would love um, that.
2: Well, like I said, with a little bit more, a little bit more exploration, a little bit more open world kind of stuff. But the, the original Tomb Raider reboot, I mean, God, it can't even believe how many years old the reboot is now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, and then, you know, and then Shadow, you know, Shadow the Tomb Raider. That was the first game I played when I got my new 65-inch HDR 4K TV. And you start off on a snowy mountain peak and you could actually discern individual flakes of snow on the ground. And they were, and they had the, they had the glint from the reflections and it was just so that the visual effects were so well done. And then of course, you know, um, shadow of the tomb Raider, which is the most recent one. Um, I started playing into that. That was a tour de force. And then a whole bunch of other games came out and I was just like, you know what?
0: My ADD is going to
2: kill me here. So I'm going to <laughs> try something else, but I'll go back to what I promise. Yeah. I never went back. Well,
0: you're you're like me, and what uh, from the, Brian from The Real Brian shows, he refers to it as being a polygamous gamer. We get distracted, because we might get stuck a little bit, and like, well, I do want to go play this, but I do have those occasions where a game is so mind-consuming that that is all I can think about playing. And That's
2: the Noir for
0: me. <laughs> that was fun. fun. That one was yeah. fun. I need to play it on the PS4, because I hear they changed the interrogation system where it makes a little bit more sense, so... Because I had yeah, a hard time of, with the interrogation in the PS3. Yeah, um, instead
2: of truth, lie, doubt, they changed it to good cop, bad cop. Right. I think it cues or something like that. It actually does make a little bit more sense, even though, even though uh, Aaron Stanton's voice acting is still completely all over the place. <laughs> so you know, you, could, you know, the lady can be telling you the truth, and you tell, and you go that you go with the fact she's telling you the truth. and he still starts screaming at her, and yeah.
0: all- <laughs> I think you know what And he starts doing this, pointing at his notepad, and yeah.
2: Yeah, it doesn't work like that in the real in my real job,
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but going back to like with, with like Final Fantasy. Um, now we had seen pre-rendered backgrounds. I mean, one of the first PlayStation games I remember playing, other than Mortal Kombat games, was Resident Evil, yeah. which is probably why I couldn't get into Parasite Eve because I was expecting it to be a little closer to Resident Evil in game style, and it was really different, and I couldn't quite get into it. But Resident Evil gave you pre rendered backgrounds, but they didn't move. So then Final Fantasy VII comes out, and suddenly the pre rendered background actually came from a full motion video. And you could, the map areas that they would make that were pre rendered were huge, so you could actually move around inside of their pre rendered background, even though the uh, polygonal characters always thought they looked like Popeye. Because like Cloud would have big shoulders, these skinny little bicep arms, and then they would fluff out his hands. But then you get into a combat screen, and then they the characters look so much better all of a sudden. <laughs> that was one thing that was so funny about that. But if still, now here here's my thing is I'm like you. I prefer some action to my games. I don't like to just you know tell it. Okay, I want to attack. Click. And having random encounters where I couldn't see a fight coming, but I was, I'm like, I'm interested in the story, and I want to get to the next part of the story, and I'm excited about it. And then I get—I feel like I get interrupted by these battles that took way too long because I was sitting there telling, attack, no, okay, let's use magic. Oh, I guess I better use a potion. And doing that, because the, the only strategy stuff I had done really was Command & Conquer. I did kind of like that. That was fun. But it was, it was mainly fun when you got to play against other people. Uh, yeah. But I I I get frustrated with constantly having to deal with the random battles that I I didn't find to be that interesting. Although the the animations and the graphics, the summons were amazing in that. But it got frustrating. <laughs> but I really the, the the thing with it is this was the beginning of w- in the PlayStation era, really. Other than Legend of Zelda, I mean Super Nintendo, Link to the Past games suddenly started taking on this more story driven narrative and. The story was great. The character was so compelling that I really loved the character, Era. She was such a great character. And then when I saw in gaming magazines what was going to happen to her, and I won't say because I don't want to spoil, just just in case there's somebody out there who doesn't know about this, when I found out what was going to happen to her, I lost motivation. That broke me. I was like, "No, you can't do this to me." And I then I found you know people online had been doing searches to. Alter the course of it. it's like okay maybe if we do if we do something different we can change this and it became as as much as the Lara Croft New Code talking about Tomb Raider the Lara Croft Nude Code that never existed but everybody just wanted it to exist which is the same thing with what happens yeah that
2: that one uh, never really got into that one it's it's it just seemed a little.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was the early days of the internet that, that, that there was like weird things in games that like, oh no, this thing totally exists. It was almost kind of like a Spanish Fly. Everybody knew it was supposed to exist, but it doesn't really exist. <laughs> yeah, That's another one. It's like those weird things, and then you get on the internet, and suddenly it's all in the games. All these weird things that are supposed to be, we were so sure of, but it's like it doesn't actually exist. It's not in there. But after that, I I didn't have the motivation to keep going, and I don't think I ever even finished the first disc. Yeah, I got a little bit farther, but I
2: mean yeah, you, know, you gotta remember this game came out in nineteen ninety seven. So right. we're we're a good twenty three years later now. Yeah. Um, if if I uh, if my math serves me well. Yeah, it's... Um, you know, so my 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 memories of the, of playing the game are pretty solid. I remember you know, I remember, you know, the fact that it was turn based, so it's like, all right, I'm getting I'm getting whacked, well I better hope that my wingman can kill this enemy because this guy's on his deathbed. I better hope that this chick can have a quick, have a, have a quick enough attack bar so where I can shoot a potion over to this guy. I mean, yeah. it, it was it, it was really random, and like you said, the the random the randomness of the battles yeah. started started it started to get a little bit irritating, and. and because after a while, it's like, all right, I want to advance the story. I want to know what happens about it. Here we go. I got to fight 27 more dragons now. or, or for and, and really, it's not going to give you anything other than some gratuitous XP to level yeah. up, up to that you don't really need to level up. Yeah. Um, although the worst, I think the worst RPG of all time was on the Sega Dreamcast called Skies of Arcadia, which was an awesome RPG. It was a really, really good RPG. I think I, I think I, I put 80-some hours into it and I beat wow. it. However... It was another one with the random battles, mm. and but but by the end of the game, the random battles were coming like literally every 18 seconds. So oh like, you goodness. couldn't you couldn't walk across the room without getting into another battle. And that that just got so irritating. But you know, I I dug my heels and I'm like, you know, what, I already put 80 hours into this
0: stinking game. I'm,
2: I'm, I'm gonna, i I want to see the I want to <laughs> see the credits. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: want to
2: I want to know who the lead audio programmer was.
0: Right. For God's sake. And and God bless anybody who loves that kind of game. All the power to you. Enjoy it. That's what the game is for. Enjoyment. Have fun. I, it's just not quite my thing. And I'm one of the type of people that, I, you know, I used to play things on easy, but I like to do it on normal because I do like a challenge. But I like when when easy said something like, choose this option if you like to more experience the story. And I'm like, that is kind of me. I, I go in there. I want to experience the story of these games. The stories in games have gotten so compelling. And when you look at stuff like The Last of Us, The Last of Us that make you cry within five minutes of playing it. I mean, yeah. I,
2: that, that opening, uh, that opening sequence, it kind of hits you in the feels a little bit, doesn't it?
0: Oh yes. I mean, it's like watching a Pixar movie. <laughs> You're going to be well, oh, oh. <laughs> Well, no, yeah.
2: Except instead of having dead parents, now you have a dead kid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Spoilers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't played The Last of Us by now, then you deserve <laughs> <spoil> that. <them. laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But it's you, but the compelling narratives they're putting into games. I mean, it's amazing. Yes. And uh, and I do want to before we get into talking about the remake. Uh, I do want to give a little bit of uh, credit to you know the the funny thing with Final Fantasy, and people like to make this joke all the time is like there's numbers in this series. How can it be the Final Fantasy if we're up to there's actually 15 of these games now? Uh, well, the the fun part is is so you had and I'm probably going to butcher his name, Kironobu Nobu Sakaguchi. He That's developed. Do this, right? Yeah, and he's uh, he worked for formerly Square or Squaresoft before it became Square Enix. Uh, they were losing money. They're, he thought, this was going to be the last game I ever get to make. It was going to be his Final Fantasy. And so he's he like, fell. you know what? And, and it was almost like Stan Lee. Stan Lee, when he put out the Fantastic Four, he did it because he thought, well, there, you know, I'm probably not long for this business. And his wife had told him, you know what? Just make the book that you want to make and just do whatever. And then suddenly, boom, the Fantastic Four launched something new. And so he was able to try again with doing things differently. And that's what this was, it's like, well, you know what, I'm going to make the game that I want to make, and I'm going to just put it out there, and next thing you know, it's selling huge, so the Final Fantasy became not so final. Although each game has been different scenarios, almost a different world, there's a few things that are always common, like chocobos, and there's always usually a bigs and a Wedge in there somewhere.
2: You know I, I you know I picked up on that when I started playing the remake I'm like you know somebody's a Star Wars fan here because mm-hmm. I remember I remembered Kate Sith you know because you know you don't see the word Sith a whole uh, very right. often in in, in nature um, but then I picked up on a bigs and wedge I'm like you know some somebody's got <laughs> right. a little bit of George Lucas fanboy going on here oh
0: yeah and I've heard some people pronounce that character as Cat she I'm like why would you call it Cat she when clearly when you look at it it says Kate Sith correct so, I'll see how they when they pronounce it, it when that character shows up more in the game. I did see that cuz that character is a two-part, two-part character. There's two people together, two character, two creatures. Uh, and I did see half of that person show up in the remake already. They they're hinting at, "Oh yeah, there's other people going to be around." So, but now we've got like like I said, 23 years later, and the Final Fantasy VII is still it created iconic characters we all remember Cloud Strife, which You know, before we would just we would read his you know dialogue. We didn't have voice acting in there, so he sounded like however we wanted him to sound. You know, so but but all all the characters you know they became icons and they are the most almost as recognizable as Mario at this point. So much to where there was even uh, I think they were straight to video. They might have been theatrical releases, but we had Advent Children, an animated movie based on Final Fantasy VII, like a sequel. Uh, There's been animated series. I saw it, but I didn't understand all of it because I hadn't finished the game, so I didn't know what was going on. But I was like, "Wow, this looks amazing!" But yeah, to, it's can, a lousy
2: movie, but it's got good graphics. Wow!
0: Yeah, <laughs> and to think of how good that looks. Now we've got a game that looks better than that movie yes. did.
2: Oh my god! Oh my god! The graphics on remake.
0: Oh my goodness!
2: They, 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 they blew me away. How good they are!
0: That's
2: it a, looks. It looks like woo. Pixar CG in real time.
0: Except it's for the, that good. Except for the characters are a bit more realistic than your average Pixar.
2: Yeah, I mean they still have, they still have their weird you yeah. know JRPG movements like their but their bo- the body movements don't exactly read what right. exactly they're saying especially especially some of the things some of the some of the T- Tifa's dialogues mm-hmm. uh, sequences you know she'll say something and then she'll do this weird body contortion thing she'll that just do that out of nowhere
0: peace sign pose from a Japan anime Ta-da.
2: it's like wait a minute you just told me somebody died why are you peeing me uh, yeah. But but my gosh, the just the, the quality of the graphics and the the, the amount of the, the polygons in these mm-hmm. things, like where you can start counting their
0: individual strands of hair. Literally. And see the counting, textures in the skin now. The,
2: counting the the pores on their face, like holy oh, yes. smoke rollies.
0: And like, even when you get up close, I noticed where I'm at now in the game, but there was a bit of close up, you saw Aerith kinda of walking by and you can see in her dress texture in the dress. Like patterns and designs yeah. and the texture, I'm like, oh my goodness!
2: Yeah, or, or like the, the 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 individual stitching in the ribs and cloud mm-hmm. sweater. It's like Hits. this is this is, you know, if this is the gold standard for graphics, what's going to happen in November when the PS5 comes out? Or you know, like what what more can you do to me?
0: <laughs> Photo realism. <laughs>
2: Yeah, which, we're getting there, my
0: dude. Which frightens me with what they can do with photorealism, because you know, I'm as I've mentioned, I'm a Resident Evil fan. Although I don't like horror movies, but I like Resident Evil games. I'm with and you,
2: the, dude. I've never, I've never seen a single horror movie. I've never seen a Freddy movie. I've never seen a Jason movie. I, I'm, I'm just, I, I guess, I'm just not interested in watching yeah. some some girl get hacked into a thousand pieces yeah. with a blood wing scream. I can go to work if I want to see that.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, but like when with Resident Evil Seven, the photorealism in that just intensified everything something you you know huh i don't have a vr VR? setup but oh my goodness that must have been nightmare inducing for anybody who you know at this point i'd know what was coming so playing a vr would still be cool but it wouldn't be as frightening because i'd know what was coming but sure i can imagine the first if the first time you played it was still you were doing the vr oh my goodness
2: Yeah, it would it would uh it'd mess you up a little bit. Yeah, I mean just just I mean even on the TV that opening, you know, that scene toward the beginning where you you, you get knocked out, then you come to and you sit at the table with all that disgusting food oh. being shoved. Do you. you imagine that? Imagine that with a VR helmet on. I'm here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I have the PlayStation VR. I had it right. I've had it pretty much since it came out. It's it's cool, man. There there's a couple really cool games on that um but yeah i I, ew, I can't imagine some of that stuff in yeah you know, right up in your face in 3D yeah. man I mean, it might might uh hmm.
0: yeah not, because not, not, not it, it was almost perfectly photorealistic that game it was amazing and to see how far we've come and now with uh you know the recent release like i said the final fantasy remake and how good it looks but also the the way that they were able to step up from what they were able to do 23 years ago and now the characters have full voices and, yes. the, and the, I got to credit the actors. I think they've done a phenomenal job with these characters of bringing them to life. The music has... It's still the same music from... A, a, let me find this guy's name. It's really hard to say the guy's name. But he's, he's done Final Fantasy music for pretty much, I think, if not all of the games, most of them. But to have taken his music and now it's fully orchestrated, it is... I mean, I, I went ahead. I, I I pre-ordered that deluxe edition just to get that mini soundtrack that I got. Really? Plus, I got a really good like uh, book. Uh, I can show you on camera here the package here that I got. But it came with a mini soundtrack. It came with a little book that shows how they were redesigning the characters. I mean, this is a big, nice, thick package. It even came with a nice steel book case that I I was able to move the game discs into. So it's got a, st- a steel book. Oh, I notice put up to the said, camera. And,
2: and notice you said game discs.
0: Two discs. This game is
2: so big, you have an install disc, and then you have the play disc. Yeah, so, on a PlayStation. So, so you, got, you guys, listen, you guys, you know, tuning in here, you, you might, you, you best be clearing some space on the old hard drive, because you're going to need a good, solid chunk of it.
0: Yeah, and especially uh, because I have been making videos. Yeah, here's like the book that came with it. Um, so those who are on, on Patreon getting to see the video, you'll be able to see this with <laughs> Oh, getting it's getting dark in my room. I probably should have turned on my office light, but I was using the natural light from my window. But it's got all these uh, like designs of like different locations and stuff. I mean, this is a really nice little booklet. Yeah,
2: um, well, it, you can you can see the uh, the art quality is pretty strong. It's it's amazing what they can do these
0: days. Um, oh, I, think I just why didn't we think why didn't we think of this? Yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't have thought when I was a little kid playing the Atari down in the, in the basement of the house when I was like six years old, that I would ever see a game to this scale that have this much story. That uh, I mean, the original Final Fantasy VII, I think, is the first time I had heard of a game actually making people cry. Hmm. With an event that I mentioned earlier.
2: I mean, well, I mean, River Raid on the old Atari used to make me cry, because so it was so <laughs> damn hard, but I've got to the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> But then again, I may or may not have been, like, eight years old or nine years old or something, so, you know.
1: Uh,
0: Well, I'm talking, of course, with the story and getting characters that (laughs) are that compelling. And now, because even when I've talked to my wife about different things in the game, uh, she sees the emotion in my eyes because you get attached to these characters. These characters become your friends as you're playing this. And there are some side characters that they aren't going to make it through the entire game. And... It's, it's sad to watch them go when something happens. You you get attached to them. Uh, just like you would maybe in any movie. Because uh, a, a good movie, you get attached to those characters sometimes. A really good movie. Like when Disney is on, their, is on point, you get attached to those characters. And you become huge fans of those characters. Next thing you know, you're wearing shirts with those characters. They're on your walls. I mean, my, my master bedroom, I have Ariel stuff all over the place. Because she's still my favorite Disney princess. So you get attached to characters. And... Yeah, it, it's kind of reminds me like Harry Potter. Everybody got attached to a lot of those characters in Harry Potter. And when you get to that seventh book, not all of those characters made it out alive. And but it, it affects you. And yeah, you know, here's a here's yeah, a all, game. But of yeah, it. but they
2: all all the dead ones ended up in Game of Thrones anyway. So it's
0: all good. <laughs> well, yeah, in the movies, but in the books, you know. So 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 you so you're,
2: Is it safe to say that Admiral Holdo didn't do it for you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you no, know, and I, I do love Laura Dern mainly from Jurassic Park. But yeah, that's the some of the classic Star Wars characters, though you know those we got very attached to Luke and Han and Leia, definitely and Chewie, of course. But I don't, oh yeah.
2: yeah, well you know to get to get completely hijacked here when yeah you know, when we when I went and saw Rise of Skywalker on opening night, and I had my wife and kids with me, I had, I had to check my breathing a couple of times because I wasn't gonna have them look over and you know and see this forty three year old forty three year old dude like getting all weepy eyed because you know Leia. Um, didn't make it well you know and that's not a spoiler alert i mean she's she passed away in real life right suffice to say she's probably not gonna make it through to the end but like (laughs) you know it's like who are you gonna take away you already took away han in episode seven you took away luke in episode eight you know uh, episode eight um you know where is this gonna go And, and 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 i i know it's i know rise of skywalker was a little bit divisive on the internet I loved it. I thought yeah. it was good. I, I had I fun. <laughs> I love the fact that they retconned episode eight. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. Episode eight, you're you ruining my Star Wars, dude. Um, I like the fact that they retconned it and cleaned up a lot of things. I thought it was really cool that they brought Palpatine back, even though it made no sense at all, that this dead dude's not dead, sort of, kind of, in a way, not really, maybe. Um but you know what? I don't go to Star Wars to think. I go to Star Wars to watch stuff blow up really cool with fancy graphics, <laughs> right. maybe have a little bit of fun along the way. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I kinda dug Ray. I thought she was a cool character yeah. she did well. And she, she became she a lot certain,
0: better in this last movie too. Oh, no, she was she was pretty she was pretty hardcore. Yeah. So, so definitely was gonna prove it. But but like you said, you get attached to these
2: characters. You know, yeah. like I, I grew up I grew up playing with, you know, the little Kenner toys of Luke and Han and mm-hmm. Obi-Wan and having fake lightsaber fights you know in my parents backyard and all this kind of crazy stuff so yeah you're right i mean i, I don't know that I've quite oh boy here we go i got a little toy lightsaber here
0: <laughs> i don't
2: i don't know that i've quite gotten that far uh attached to video games especially now that i'm older but you know what i i, I hear what you're saying because yeah. you know there is that school of thought that video games are interactive art yeah uh, interactive drama i mean heck uh quantic dreams has made a career off of calling themselves interactive art, I believe. You know, Heavy Rain and mm. Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, I think that was Quantic Dreams, right?
0: Probably was. Wow. Anything that's more narrative and you're just interacting with it and playing out the story by minor actions. I haven't played through any of their games, although I'm very interested in that Detroit Become Human. That looks very cool. And very the kind of Blade awesome, Runner. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, and, uh, But you, you know what? They're one.
2: also... They're also basically you know, like heavy rain. Um, cool game, really cool story. I didn't finish it, but it was pretty neat. But really, it's just giant. It's like it's basically one giant QuickTime event. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it, is. But then again, some of the best games were, you know, you know, was it Space Ace with the, you know, the old mm. laser death game there? It was a giant QuickTime event. But it was a, yeah, dragons Lair. It was, a, but they were cool games. Yeah. You know, so so, so it, it, there's there's something for everybody in the medium, but you know. I haven't i I don't quite get so attached to the video game characters as you do, but I can understand where you and appreciate where you're coming
0: yeah. from on that and especially in in this one they, the characters are just so much better i mean they they took and I, I was saying this before we started recording it's like they took the characters that that were pretty cool in the original and they amped them up by eleven. Uh, Because now they have voices, they're able to show more personality, we can see expressions on their faces, we spend time. And and part of what's been neat about the remake is we see Cloud, who comes into this as kind of this stone-cold mercenary. And we see him slowly open up and actually become friends with these other characters, and we feel like they're becoming our friends too. And so... We, uh, you feel it sometimes when they get when you're in a battle and one of them gets knocked down, you get a little mad at whatever character knocked him down. Like, doggone it, you are not taking them out of the fight. So, you, you know, throw out a phoenix down, and like, they're back, you know, come on, let's take this thing down. You know, you're rallying your troops. And that's, that's I would, like, I I love would like, to
2: bar, I'd like to borrow Barrett's arm every once in <laughs> <So no>, a <laughs> while, usually when I'm in traffic. <laughs> yeah. Suck on this! Oh yes, yeah, dude. They made Barrett pretty hardcore, didn't
0: they? Yes, he's funnier now too. He gets some really great lines. Yeah, I mean you have to you have to listen
2: pretty close to this one because there's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue that's kind of off the beaten track and like it doesn't show up in the little subtitles because it's just kind
0: of they're just kind of lines being said in the background. But if you pick up on them, they're they're pretty funny. Yeah, as even if you walk past other people in the background. I've, I've, I've turned on all subtitles at this point because I don't know if the, the sound was mixed as well as it could have because they're, they're trying to, I think, do relative distance. So if if you've walked a little too far away from Barrett and he's saying something, you might not necessarily hear it. I even had one point where the dialogue that was going on around me was being overshadowed by all the crowd of people that were around us. So I couldn't hear the main dialogue. So I started having to rely on, this, rely on the subtitles to know what was happening on in the actual narrative that I was involved in. So. There's some
2: good, there's some good NPC one-liners as you're walking around. Like, oh yeah. you, know, you never know what these people are going to say to
0: you. Right, but it is neat to see the effect the the main characters, what the effects are they're having in the world and the environment they're walking around yes. in, because yes. uh, you've you've basically got like a uh, sort of a tyrannical dictator communist government masquerading themselves as a corporation. But they're also the ones controlling the media. Sounds a little bit familiar. Uh, So the media is lying for this certain particular type of government. And giving a narrative which is mixed a little bit of truth, but also a heavy amount of lie. But everybody trusts this media. And so they'll just take that as as truth when they're being flat out lied to. And I thought that... Kind of like art imitating life, right? Yes, uh, that's that's one of the things I found very very interesting. Is we do see, you know, like you you really can't take the media at face value, and sometimes you really need to go and. Check the nice thing about our worlds—we have more than one media source, so you can check a lot of different ones and compile the actual truth by going to multiple media sources instead of relying on just one. And in this, in the Final Fantasy world in Midgar, there's one media, and it's controlled completely by this the ruling person who it's Like I said, I call them like they masquerade as as a corporation and an energy company, but they're the ones ruling. They built this city. At one right. point, you will meet the so-called mayor, but he complains that he has nothing to do. They just says I'm a librarian. They call me the mayor, but I'm a librarian. The king of this place is the guy running Shinra, <laughs> you know.
2: President, yeah, President Shinra. President
0: right? Shinra. Oh yes. So it's and it's very. So it's a very interesting type of setup you've got going on. And so you're like this underground group where you're like. uh we're the only ones that seem to actually know what really happened, but in some cases with the remake, they've really enhanced some stuff to where they don't even know what happened. Like that first Mako reactor, uh, they think they did it. They didn't do it. <laughs> we'll just say that. You get to see this whole scene play out where there's like this whole other counter-narrative. So your, your villains are more evil, but of course it all centers around the, the king bad guy himself. Sephiroth, which they gave him a lot more presence in this, what's going to be I guess the first chapter in I don't know how many games to bring uh, 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 Final Fantasy 7 back, because I mean the I've now spent as much time in this one game just doing a, a portion of the, the full story as it would have taken to maybe go through the full four disc game back in 1997, because there's well, just can- that much more yeah. Well, they said
2: Midgar or I'm uh, Midgar, Final Fantasy VII remake is a really fully padded out narrative of just the Midgar sequence, mm-hmm. which was what three or four hours maybe in the original. Mm-hmm. Um you, know, you come, you do, you leave. But this one, this one, like you said, there's there's some weight to the story in going through Midgar. Like you see, you see people on the down and out, you see people struggling but then you But then again you all then you, then you see people that are making the best of a bad situation and you know finding a way to survive so it, it's it's it, there's there's definitely a little bit of you know maybe some light political commentary in there um if you choose to look at it as such yeah um but at the same japan but, but, point of view <laughs> yeah which you know we're we're in some strange times right now As you know yeah but um yeah but if you if you really take the time to look at there's a lot of stuff going on just in mid just in midgar you know you have the you have the almost death star type uh (laughs) you know corridors of the um you know up in the mako the mako reactors then you've got the slums where people down there have absolutely nothing and they're still finding a way to stay happy yeah uh and, and pretty much everything in between you know um You've got Canto Bite. I mean, Wall Market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's, I mean, there's, a, there's a lot going on. It's, it's a really, it's a really well done game, and the art direction is fantastic, amazing. And, and, and frankly, and I think the voice acting adds another layer to it too. That that it, that you couldn't, you couldn't pull this off without the voice acting, right? You know, sitting there reading, sitting there reading stuff to your head. Yeah, you know, reading stuff to yourself, and you know, creating your own voices in your head. Just it does, it doesn't do it. You know, and And thankfully, this is 2020, you know, triple A level voice acting. This isn't, you know, going back to your, you know. Resident Evil? Resident (laughs) Evil. Yes, you know, Jeremy, the king of unlocking.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, I was almost a Jeremy sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Pow,
2: pow, pow. Oh, that sounded like a gunshot. I should go and check. (laughs) I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's it's laughably bad you know and it was bad then yeah. i mean now it's just
0: now it's it's it's, it's, it's still charming to me just because of the nostalgia of because i'm re- remembering playing the original resident evil being Jeff's absolutely terrified by it it's still got a charm of being the bad voice acting so i still sure. appreciate it
2: <laughs> all right so so yes or no should they remake resident evil 1 in the vein of the two and three remakes,
0: I would like to see them do that. I mean, because I liked what they did with the HD and the, the remake they did with Resident Evil. That was really neat. But to see the, what uh, they're the doing Game now, Cube
2: remake was the GameCube remake was fantastic. Yeah, at the, and at the time, and now you got to go back. What are we going back? Almost twenty years there too, maybe fifty You know, yeah, because I think it was 95,
0: 96 when Resident Evil. Yeah, so
2: you're probably talking, t- you know, two thousand-ish, somewhere thereabouts. I mean, well, I'm well, sure when they did that remake, and, yeah. You know, I mean, that was the gold standard back then. Mm-hmm. Um, of how, this is how you remake a game and make it into something great. And it really wasn't that old when they remade it, but they really did a nice job with that. I would love to see what they did with Resident Evil 2 remake. It's great. And, 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 and by extension, three.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, you know, do that back to the to the OG Resident Evil. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and do that before. You remake Resident Evil Four because now there's rumors circling now they're, that they're going to oh, redo. 4. It's
0: announced Resident Evil Four, which I don't think they need to touch Resident Evil Four. I think that one's fine the way it was. Um, it didn't age great, uh, and the reason yeah. I say the
2: that controls
1: is have, a little
0: I, rough now.
2: Yeah, where but. you can't, you know, you can't move and aim at the same time, so you have to kind of you have to do that whole thing where you run away and then press down and next to do a quick turn and then get up on your target. So mm. there there's some rough edges that can be that yeah. can be updated on it and smoothed out, but. I would rather see I would rather see one remade before four.
0: Yeah, and I'd rather just see an update to four instead of a complete remake because I I that's that I think probably is my favorite of the regular. Although the the remake of Resident Evil two is kind of like my new favorite because that was so great. <laughs>
2: uh, uh, here we go, and here we go another another you know true confession time here. I really liked five.
0: I really really. Did. Yeah, I played through it once yeah. and I was like this. What did they do? They dropped the ball. I mean, it's it's kind of a neat for an action game. And I imagine it would be a lot more fun if you are playing as two player. That would be fun, cool. you know, doing. The yeah, but I, I, but... I
2: just thought I just thought I just thought it was cool. And I, I beat it a bunch of times.
0: And mm. yeah, now I'm
2: so I'm so OP going through it because I've got all the I've got I'm all jacked out now. So, <laughs> you know, I can just go through and just blast everybody away with two or three shots. Yeah. So kind of some of the challenges gone.
0: Yeah, that's the um, way I, mean, I am I now with on GameCube version of Resident Evil 4 because I've got the infinite rocket launcher, so I just got blam. <laughs> well, that was uh,
2: wait. Four had the hold on the Chicago typewriter, right? The, uh, it was. It was. The, it was like the uh, <laughs> it was the Tommy gun. The Tommy gun with unlimited ammo.
0: Uh, I think that was Resident Evil 2. I know they they've, they've yeah, brought that I think course. in the remake, but I don't remember in four that I had a Tommy gun because I've got an infinite rocket launcher and I just I just blow everything up. <laughs> well
2: four, four, four is the one with the uh with the creepy vendor guy that keeps showing up yeah right? like that he opens oh, up some nice things for you like, yeah, what, what are you buying yeah uh, yeah it's like some creepy dude pulled his trench coat open has, 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 has <laughs> i'm carrying Mars all kinds of guns, of guns in my car my coat <laughs> and i'm just gonna happen to show up at random places right. out of nowhere um but yeah I think I think that's the one where you you can get the you can get like a, a Tommy gun with unlimited ammo just you just go through and just start plinking things away so it, it kind of takes some of the the spook away from it but it's still <laughs> right. it's still a, it's still a cool game.
0: It's still a great one. So I need to replay cuz they they now that I could get some some uh, gamer points on my PlayStation for it I'm thinking oh, maybe I maybe go back and replay it but I think I on the PlayStation Plus I tried to replay it and that's when I started feeling how the controls are a little dated compared to how we control yeah. a game like that now, and I was like, well, this, for some reason, it feels awkward now. And It, it still looks to. decent, though. It still looks great. And I remember when we cool. first got a look at it when they were announcing it, I was like, oh my goodness, look at this! Yeah.
2: So. And then and then we have you know, you have the debacle of six that didn't know what game it wanted to be. So let's just let's make it four we'll just make four games out of it.
0: Yeah, I only played a demo of six and I was like, I don't know what you guys did, but I'm I'm actually not interested in a Resident Evil game. What'd you yeah, do? I,
2: yeah. I started playing it again just to play it again, just just for the sake of playing it again. It, it was I was getting aggravated and then Final <laughs> Fantasy came out, so it's all good now.
0: Yeah which was you our like, like, focal focal point you, you like the way PC. i circled
2: back around there circle back right?
0: around now but here's the thing because all right so this is a disney show so generally we talk disney right and occasionally we go outside of disney but did i really go outside of disney no i, know I where did not square I know where is also famous for making kingdom hearts which features all kinds of fantastic Disney characters, and alongside those Disney characters, you will find Final Fantasy characters, including Aerith, pops up in several of the Kingdom Hearts games, helping out there with Mickey, Donald, well, mainly Donald and Goofy. She's helping you out, and in fact, in the in I don't know if in the original Kingdom Hearts, but I know the re, the HD remake, which I still haven't finished, there is a an arena with Hercules that you can go through. The final tournament battle you can have is with. Sephiroth himself which that I guy. hear is extremely difficult which I'm having a hard time with him actually right now in the remake as well I'm that's where I'm at by the time this this uh, comes out hopefully I will have defeated Sephiroth and completed the remake but wow he kicked my can <laughs> <laughs> as you know it's a typical J- Japan anime final boss character who's got a god complex they can almost back it up
2: you know yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a little bit of a pain in the
0: butt. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, he was a lot a of lot. pain in the butt. Woo! But yeah, see, so you got the Kingdom Hearts connection, which, um, boy, I if if Kingdom Hearts three plays anything like what this is, because I love the combat system now in the Final Fantasy VII remake. But Kingdom Hearts three, you know, the original Kingdom Hearts is definitely more an action oriented. Uh, the frustration I've had with that one is. When I, when I can't find something that I need to get into the next area, every time you enter a room, all the enemies regenerate, and you cannot leave until you've killed everything in that room. And I'm having the same problems I had with the original Final Fantasy VII playthrough that, like, dang it, I'm trying to advance the story, and I keep having to stop for all these battles constantly. I'm like, well, I'm like can I just go in through this area here? Because I just want to pass through, but it won't let me because there's enemies in the vicinity. And that's been Makes driving sense. me crazy. And I got so far where I'm fighting Ursula in Kingdom Hearts and I, uh, I'd i been, it was so frustrating I couldn't find what I needed in the Little Mermaid world that by the time I got to Ursula and I lost the boss fight, I was like, okay, I need to step away from this for a while and I just haven't stepped back because I'm a polygamous gamer. If I kind of get stuck in one game, I'm going to end up wandering over and finding something else that will end up holding my interest for a while until I maybe get stuck on that one where I finish it. Or if I just, like, I have a friend who wants to play something else, and like, oh, well, hey, okay, I'll come and play this on the computer with you. So mm. I, have, I have now started in a lot of different games, like, you know, Diablo 3, I've still never finished, Borderlands 2, the original Borderlands, lots of games that I've played with other people, but I've never actually finished the main story because the people I'm playing with, hey, we feel like playing this today. Okay, well, let's play that then. <laughs> you know how many times i sit down i'm like you know what i'm gonna play this game i'm gonna finish it i'm
2: gonna start working on my backlog of, of, of discs that's probably mm-hmm. about you know this big by now <laughs> um you know i've got stuff i've got i've got stuff from christmas two and three years ago that still has the plastic on it because yeah. you know because it's like you know hey
0: look uh, look shiny objects hey look yeah um <laughs>
2: I got Dragon Age
0: Origins for both the PS3 and because it was on sale digitally on the PS4 for like two bucks. I've got Dragon Age Origins been sitting there and I still haven't even touched it. But I hear it's great and it's a Bioware and, you know, after Mass Effect, not to to mention Knights of the Republic, the Bioware made. I got to try this. It's a Bioware game.
2: I still have the plastic on Bloodborne.
0: I mean, I, I remember
2: getting that years ago for Christmas. <laughs> still on it, but they, but then every time I go to look, I look it up. I'm like, you yeah, know, this looks pretty cool. And They're like, oh, this game's really hard. I'm like, yeah, well, I don't feel like being, I don't feel like getting annoyed tonight. So I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go play Lego uh, Lego Harry Potter or something.
0: That's actually kind uh. of what happened to me with Jedi Fallen Order. Is I've got to this boss fight that I just cannot master. But it's it's such a great game. But oh man, it I got really I, I got I got stuck with the I think the ninth sister. And I just—it I mean,
2: does—it does feel like you're play, you're playing inside of a Star Wars world. Like oh, they, it's yeah. very, it's very authentic and genuine. They didn't, they did a nice job with it. But damn, it's hard.
0: Yeah, but when you hit, when I hit that hard point, that's where I'm kind of like, okay, I need to take a break from this and step away. And oh, you know what? I haven't ever finished playing this game. Or sometimes it's just the games that I love so much. that so I'm like, you know what? I think I need to play through this again. Like Spider-Man, I've played through that thing so many times now. Or Batman: Arkham Asylum. I've played through that one, I can't even count, or even the Uncharted series. Sometimes you just, I like to, I'm not one of those people that I, because I've known people that like it, they'll play through a game once and they'll go and trade it in and get something else. If I really like it, I keep it. And I'm going to play through it again and again, like rewatching a great movie. Sure, sure. And that's the thing, when I finish the remake of Final Fantasy VII, I guarantee you, I'm going to find other things to do with it, because I haven't done everything yet. I'm going to keep playing this thing because I am just sucked in and I will be sad to see it end. Although, I must say, when you get close to the end, it's going to feel a little Lord of the Rings like, oh, this must be the end of the game. We're going to branch off to the next. No, my, I'm, oh, I'm not done. Oh, OK. Well, that felt like a, the final boss. OK, cool. I beat that final boss. Am I done? Oh, look, another final boss. I have fought at least five final bosses in a row. But now yeah, well, you know, on Sephiroth, but, I'm
2: like, oh. Yeah, well, you never know. There might be some little girl that wants you to go find her five lost kittens again or something like that.
0: Yeah, some of, the,
2: some of the little side missions are a little, they're a little strange. They're a little out of place, but they're still I love fun.
0: side missions, though.
2: I, play, I, I do,
0: too. That's I do how I never got through I Skyrim. I, I got so bogged down in side missions that I forgot what I was even doing. I'm going to have to start over. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know like i mentioned earlier like i mentioned earlier witcher 3 apparently that's like the god da- that's like the granddaddy of the games with great side missions from what i've been yeah. told
0: you can usually wrap those up fairly quickly because you'll have a side mission you're just taking a contract to go hunt a monster and it's kind of fun because you go and try to track figure out what kind of monster it is figure out what you need to kind of immune yourself to whatever evil things they can do to you and then go kill it and then come back and collect your reward oh my gosh i loved playing through that game i can't give it the full neverland endorsement because holy cow is their language. And nudity, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, so, But I did really have a good time with that one. And there's probably stuff in that game I, I haven't done that I just never found to the side mission. Uh, well, there's
2: some, there's some dialogue in Final Fantasy VII Remake that you may or may not want to play with your right. parents.
0: Or At time. least it's more PG-13. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's definitely kept more, instead of doing a hard R like The Witcher is, holy cow, there's words I didn't think I'd ever hear in a video game. And that is actually one complaint I have about the modern video game world, is we get a lot more mature games. And mature just used to mean that, well, you're going to have some... There's going to be some blood and a little bit of violence in here, so we're going to rate it mature. But now it's gone so far that we're even... There's people who I'm sure love the new Mortal Kombat games, but it seems like the level of graphic violence has gotten more. If I wanted to watch that, I'd go watch a Friday the 13th movie, but I'm not into those. And I don't want a game that has that level of violence. So Mortal Kombat, I can't get into what Nether Realms has done. Although I've played a little bit and it's, it's a great game mechanic, but I've seen the Fatalities and they're just, they're horrible to watch. And I, I just don't like that. And so, like, the language, the the level of violence has, unfortunately, gone up, and it is nice to have Final Fantasy VII Remake because there was some language in the original. Original, It was censored into, like, comical little symbols like Hubert. Uh, now they oh, don't, you know I what? I remember stuff. that. Yeah. yeah I, forgot, so I forgot about that. They'd cuss, but it was in text and, you know, they would just, like, in a comic book, you'd have, like, the symbols. Uh, and so, uh, this, I do appreciate it's more PG-13, and no one has dropped an F-bomb in this. So I still feel like I could talk about because we've talked about some PG-13 movies because Marvel and now Star Wars. So,
2: you know, you know, it's funny. I was watching the Blu-ray of Rise of Skywalker with my daughter the other night and she's six and a half. And, you know, Poe said a couple light, light swear words by comparison. And she looked at me like I had two heads. She goes, I can't
0: believe he said that, Daddy. I'm like, uh, he's a grown up; he can get away with it. Yeah, although that is very different because, like, the original movies, the worst thing we heard was from Han Solo, "I'll see you in hell." That's the worst bit of language they had. Not comparing you that, for, yeah, there wasn't that, so that was kind of a, a odd thing for Star Wars to go that way. But what is what is more odd is if you watch some of the Picard series, some of the language that's been dropped in in that, which is very outside of Star Trek. Uh, how I mean, especially considering in Star Trek Four, we had a whole conversation about that. In, in their time, they've gotten rid of profanities because they realized it wasn't useful for huh. anything. But uh, we really need to wrap this up here. So <laughs> we, believe me, I could chase some rabbits and tangent all over the place. Oh yeah. So I didn't even get a chance to go into some of the depth of some of these characters, but just suffice to say, the characters are great in in, in the whole Final Fantasy yes. area of games. Yeah. Some of the best characters you will get attached if you're capable of getting attached to video game characters, and I am. So
2: <laughs> yeah, apparently, now that we've we've established that I'm just a cold-hearted you know, just <laughs> jerk, jerk, apparently.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, and and if the, uh, I I have wondered in the remake if there will be a chance to alter fate, because hmm. it seems to be a, a a theme here in the game. There's these things called whispers, and as I've gotten towards the end, there seems to be a big theme of altering our destiny. Are you talking uh, about the dementors? Yeah, look they look like dementors, <laughs> which I don't recall them being in the original game at all, but there's this there's this theme of altering destiny which makes me think that they're going to try to do things where like, oh yeah, you you think you cuz they're they're making stuff for new fans and old fans alike in my opinion. And so uh-huh. they're trying to give something to the old fans like, here's everything you loved about Final Fantasy VII, but Guess what? We can do it differently now. This will be almost like an alternate reality because they've done something here that has altered their fate. That would be cool, wouldn't it? So hopefully something bad is not going to happen because I am committed to playing through these games and if something bad still happens to my favorite character, I'm going to sit here and cry right here in my office as I'm playing this game. My wife's going to look at me like I'm nuts. She does it anyway. Well, yeah. So, but he'll vindicate her this time. But I will vindicate her. But it's like, gotta they killed off this character, and yeah, and I don't want to say names because I don't want to spoil for anyone who doesn't know. But it's it's not hard to go online and find out of this what was. An e- it was an event within the game this shook the gaming world when this happened and you can find articles in old gaming magazines and even uh when i was doing research for this episode which i haven't hardly used all the research i used uh they, i mean that was one of the most significant and ranked as one of the top most significant and cin- cinematic moments ever in a game is when this event happens which i hope we can alter because this game has a theme like i said of Redefining our destiny and choosing our destiny and our fate, and it reminds me a lot of The Matrix and Terminator 2 No fate, but that' what we make. We make for ourselves. So, I highly recommend this game. You got to go out and get it, and go find the music because if if you love orchestrated music or film soundtracks, this mini soundtrack that came with the deluxe edition, I love it. It is so. Good. It really
2: is good. It is, yeah. and and you know, everybody remembers the the victory, the little victory Yeah, and they actually make, they actually, they make fun of themselves yes. inside the game at one point, which is pretty cool, but like you said, you know you went from these, you know primitive CD, barely better than chiptune soundtracks from 1997 now it's, it's almost like you have the John Williams orchestra out there yeah. and, 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 and it does sound different, but there's still enough familiar motifs within yeah, the music yeah. that you pick, you pick up the um, the the familiar strains from from many years ago. It, it's it, like like you said, it was really it's been plus. It
0: was what we Disney fans yeah, say. It, it's it, been plus. <laughs>
2: not all you know. Not all we. Not all remakes are created equal. Not not that yeah. But this is one of those cases where everything old is new again. But this was masterfully executed. Yeah, it was. Um, I, you know, and, and there, I haven't played it in a couple of days. So I've been busy with some other commitments that I've had to do. But, you know, I've sat down at, you know, 6 o'clock at night. and Next thing I look at the clock, it's like 11.30. I'm like, what the heck happened?
0: Yeah. That you know, definitely happened wife, to me kid? yesterday. Yeah, you know, I asked
2: my wife, where's the kids? She's like, oh, they've been sleeping for three hours, dude. <laughs> you know, if you get off your PlayStation, I'm like, eh, all right, goodbye. Okay.
1: Um,
2: <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it this is this was this is a tour de force and i think i read somewhere on one of the gaming blogs or whatever that it's either going to be a two or three part series to finish the game off because you know seven remake that's out now basically took care of a lot of the takes care of a lot of the expositional type stuff um, so now we know who the characters are they're reintroduced their motivations are their motivations are made clear they're they're humanized so, so now the path is paved for this thing to go open up into the rest of the world and and, and and carry out the rest of the story. So, if they make a th- if they make a three-parter out of it, great. I mean, I hope it doesn't go more than that because after you know, because they will start to get you know fatigued with the game. Um, but I could see I could see it being a three-part kind of like an Ezio arc from Assassin's Creed, where you know he had his he had his three-parter and they got and they and they moved on.
0: Plus, there's more characters to, to meet still yet
2: there's a lot going on I mean you know I know we've kind of we've kind of gone on every tangent here and there and everything but you know we're also trying to be sensitive to not spoil the story right. for some of the newcomers I mean you know and, and I, I'm considering myself a newcomer to Final Fantasy 7 it's been so long since I played the original <laughs> right. and my memory is so foggy about it I'm like you know I might be remembering things I never even saw before you know within the remake story they, they, did, they did change a lot of things But you know, it's as much of a video game as it's an experience. Like it it, does, it does have a little bit of weight to it, and and the characters have gravitas. You know, it's it's something to be seen. And you know, for those at home listening that are kind of thinking, you know, maybe I'm not really gonna like this. I'm not into role playing games. I don't care about leveling up and grinding out. You know, potions and items. All that's almost ancillary to. The story and the art direction, and just the the overall quality of it. You know, it, you don't have to you don't have to spend all your time doing meaningless nonsense. Just go around breaking boxes just because they're there, even though you break boxes. because yeah. there. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a chore. It doesn't feel like oh, jeez, get me through this. Um, like you want to know what happens. Like you said, you want to know what happens. You want to advance the story. You want to get you want to get moving. Um, just because it's like, wow, look how good visually this one section. Look, I can't imagine what's going what's to come around the corner, and, or yeah, you know, when we when we jump into that next chapter or something like that. So this is this is this is a pretty this is a solid pretty solid piece of art they came up with.
0: Yeah. But we really got to wrap because we're over an hour. <laughs> so uh, thanks fun. for joining me again here, Tim. Yeah, man, always a pleasure. All you got to do is ask, buddy. Oh yeah, we need to do more often because we got to like, talk yeah. some more games. Especially, I
2: could, talk, I could talk PlayStation with you so oh, yeah. I could
0: feel- <laughs> especially game soundtracks is this idea I've had for a long time because uh, there's, there's some really iconic music out there to some of these games but alright so everybody make sure you go to Divine Image Works or the Magic and Pixels come check out Tim's stuff especially if you have a graduating student he's got something on Divine Image Works right now that you're going to want for your student thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast
1: we invite you back next week for more fun and adventure
0: Buddy, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Neverland
2: Podcast. It's true. Neverland Podcast. We love you. Yeah! yeah!